are listening to Right Off the Bus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 27 of Right Off the Bus. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Chandler Hutchison, and I'm here by myself today. Unfortunately, Pat is still on vacation. You know, unfortunate for me, not for him. But I had a wonderful co-host and Joe Hagen on last week, but I figured, you know, when I was on vacation a little over a month ago, now, ooh, it seems crazy it was that long. Pat did a solo episode, so I wanted to get one in as well, see how I did. I haven't done anything like this since a college radio station at WSKB doing some two-hour shows by myself. So this is going to be interesting. I hope that I can keep the flow. I hope I can keep it moving. Episode's probably going to be a little bit shorter than normal, but I appreciate you guys rocking with me anyways. You know, as, as we like to do a little casual intro, so, you know, I'm working crazy hours right now. No complaints, though. Got a couple coworkers on vacation doing their thing, but... You know, I just got July 4th off. I was working some OT hours, so they wanted to give me the day off, which is unbelievable. Very thankful for that. You know, excited to go down. I'm headed down to Plymouth, going to party a little bit with some friends and family and getting excited for that. Man, this heat's been crazy lately. I hope we get good weather for the 4th. I haven't really checked yet, but uh, I've been trying to get my mileage back up. I haven't been posting and talking about my running enough. I've still been running every day, except when I, when I was out in Yosemite, but I got to tell you, I'm excited to get my mileage up. This heat's hard to do it in. So, you know, slow and steady there. Applying for jobs as always. Hopefully get a couple leads going. But, you know, nothing too excited going on for me. Now we're going to get into the show, get some headlines rolling. So, you know, I texted Pat before the show and said, hey, anything you want me to talk about, anything you want me to cover? And, you know, Pat was texting me about this the other day. So, yeah, you know, this this little uh, headlines for Pat. NCAA baseball, you know how Pat and I love the NCAA. They decide to end NC State season in the College World Series, you know, their playoffs, with a 2 a.m. tweet saying that they're sending them home for health and safety protocols. If you're just listening on audio, you can't see those uh, air quotes I decided to throw in there. So they let NC State play the day before with a bunch of fans. But then, you know, health and safety concerns, COVID protocols, blah, 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 shut it down. Then the next day, NCAA is tweeting out, oh, our attendance, 21,000 people. Look at how great this is. After, after ending these kids' entire year of work, dedication, blood, sweat, tears, all the above, this is what they have been working for. You send them home. And then the next day, you're bragging about your attendance numbers? Man, this was sad. You know, Pat and I were joking around, who's worse, Rob Manfred with the MLB or the NCAA of baseball? And, you know, of course, it's the NCAA just because of, you know, all the horrible things they do. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to act like it's not hard to govern 20 something sports. And I'm making that number up. I don't know how many it actually is. But, man, this is just such a poor look, totally tone deaf by the NCAA. I just feel so bad for these kids. You think about the, you know, people that got their senior year ripped away because of COVID and their last year of athletics, man. These kids thought that they were past that. They missed their whole junior year. They get this, and now they're sent home. This is this is sad. You know, horrible look on NCAA, but unfortunately, not too surprising. Next headline, real quick. Scottie Pippen's talking crazy lately, man. He's saying all this whack stuff. He was talking about how Kevin Durant's not a team player and Brooklyn don't play team basketball. You know, when he doesn't have his two co-stars and the rest of the team isn't doing anything, but. Then he goes on the Dan Patrick show. He says Phil Jackson's racist because he drew up a play for Tony Kukoc instead of him. 
I mean, yeah, no, he never drew up a play for Kobe, Shaq, Michael Jordan, no one else coached in Mexico. You know, all these players love him and say that he's the best mentor ever with all the spiritual things and respect for other cultures and bringing Native American culture and customs and all this different stuff in, man. Pippen, honestly, I thought he was drunk with what with, with that four and a half minute clip I saw of him on the Dan Patrick show. Then he says that when Steve Kerr hit that shot against the Jazz in game one of the... Uh, I forget what finals it was. I think it was 98. He was saying, oh, well, Michael only said that he was going to pass it to Steve for the cameras. You know, you got to know the, the cameras on, you know, that you're not saying what's actually going on. And it's like, it, it was, it, it was kind of manic. It, it was hard to listen to. It was a tough four minutes to get through. And Scotty's talking crazy, but honestly, at the end of it, I was just thinking, man, prayers up to Scotty because uh, I know there's been all these problems with his ex-wife. You know, he's talking all, all this crazy stuff and, you know, Prayers out to Scotty. I hope that he's okay. Um, I don't really know what's going on, but man, you're a goat. You're one of the top 50 players ever. You're one of the best at your position ever. You kind of revolutionize your position into the point forward. I don't know why he's going on all these crazy tangents, but uh, I hope everything's all good with Scotty. He's still a goat, still a legend. So see what happens with Scotty Pippen in the next couple of weeks. I have a feeling we're not done hearing from him quite yet. Moving on to a little bit more of some good news. Mia Hamm. You know, obviously one of the greatest female soccer players ever, U.S. women's team legend, married to Nomar Garcia Parra, by the way, Red Sox legend. Her rookie card sold for $34,440. This is the record for any women's sports card ever. This is pretty cool, especially since it's soccer. Mia Hamm's an absolute legend, you know, just represented our country as well as anyone could on the international stage in performance and grace and all the above. So shout out Mia Hamm for that. Next headline, Demarius Thomas retirement. Played for the Broncos for 10 years, kind of bounced around, couldn't really figure it out after that. Health issues. But I'll always remember Demarius Thomas as being the best receiver on those crazy Denver Broncos teams when Peyton Manning came for those couple of years, broke Tom Brady's touchdown record, 55 touchdowns, because he had Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker, Eric Decker, Julius Thomas. And man, I'll tell you, Demarius Thomas was the best one on that receiving core. Shout out Demarius Thomas for a wonderful career. I hope you enjoy your retirement, my man. Last headline before we dive into the NBA, even though it's NBA, not going to spend a bunch of time on it. Chauncey Billups hired as the new Clippers head coach, Clippers assistant, obviously Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups, Detroit Pistons legend, you know, should be an NBA Hall of Famer. I don't know if he is. Has he been retired long enough? I'm sure he has, but absolutely love Chauncey Billups. Love that he's getting this opportunity. You know, when you think about a guy like Dame, we always talk about Dame time. I mean, Chauncey Billups played a very similar game, more defense, more physical, but played a very similar game. This name is Mr. Big Shot, man. And that's what Dame's all about. So hopefully Chauncey Billups can go take a look at that uh, locker room and make some changes and uh, hopefully lead Portland to some more success. Now, moving on. We're going to get into the NBA conference finals. A little ball don't lie. You know, we love talking basketball on this podcast. So, the Bucks are in Atlanta for game four tonight while I'm recording. This episode's coming out tomorrow morning. And I got to tell you, the Bucks are up 2-1. You know, when uh, Joe and I recorded this last week, no games had been played in this series yet. And I'll tell you, that first game, Trey Young shocked the world. 48 points, 7 rebounds, and 11 assists. I got to tell you, that's what it's taken this Hawks team to beat this Bucks team because now the Bucks. They're up 2-1. They won game two. They won game three in Atlanta. You know, if they if they win game four in Atlanta, the series is a wrap. 
I had predicted that this was going to be a five game series. I thought that Trey would be good enough to get one. And he, he did. And I mean, it took a Herculean effort from Trey. And I got to tell you, it was unbelievable to watch. But I will say too, that game, watching that and reflecting on it after, I had said on the podcast right before, Trey Young's the best hawk ever. I already believe it. I'm already into it. It's only year three. Sorry, Bob Pettit. Sorry, Dominique Wilkins. And no one else should even be in the conversation, honestly. But that game was transcendent. That game was all time. And I mean, let's remember, this is the conference finals. This Hawks team, I mean, who, who thought they would be here? Dominique Wilkins never got to a conference finals. This is unbelievable. I'll tell you, that game really, really, really reminded me of Jason Tatum dropping 50 against the Brooklyn Nets because that was the only way that they could win a game. The only way I said they could win a game is a Herculean effort from Trey. And that's what happened. I think the Bucs win game four in Atlanta. I think that they win game five back in Milwaukee. And I think that they are eventually, you know, going to the NBA championship, which I'm excited to see. Now, I will say one thing out of this series, my respect for Trey Young has gone through the roof. My respect for Nate McMillan, the interim head coach for the Atlanta Hawks, he better get a fat extension after this season. Um, my respect for them has gone through the roof. These these two individuals, especially this whole Hawks team, I've gained a lot of respect for like Kevin Horder, like John Collins, Clint Capella is really underrated, but they have been unbelievable. Nate McMillan has an unbelievable control over that locker room. Trey Young as well. He's a leader in that locker room. And I'm excited to see where this team goes because I don't know their eight. I don't know any of their ages off the top of my head, but John Collins, Trey Young, Kevin Horder, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, none of them are over 24. 25 years old Clint Capella's 25 probably this team's their their you know potential is through the roof I hope that they continue to build there you know a guy like Danilo Gallinari guy like Bogdanovich they're great pieces they're a little bit older but those are really solid vets those are great shooters love to see how this team has come together and is really rep at the city of Atlanta like none other and I will say too, <laughs> I got I, I saw this quote, man. It was John Collins, and he was saying, "Yo, when Kevin Horder's on, we call him Kayvon. You know, that's what we call him in Atlanta. He goes by Kayvon when he's hot." And I, 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 this team loves each other. You can see it on the court. You can see it off the court. They're having so much fun, and I'm having so much fun watching them. Now, after saying all this, I still think the Bucks win in five. Um, and I will say, I think that Bucks Suns is going to be a hell of a final. I think it's going to be a hell of a final. But before we talk about the potential of that, let's talk about the Suns. They're playing against the Clippers um, in game six. And the Suns right now are up 3-2. Now, Kawhi Leonard has not played in the series. CP3 returned in game three, but Kawhi hasn't been back. You know, they keep just saying, oh, Kawhi's unavailable, Kawhi's unavailable. Can, you, can they just tell us what the actual injury is? What is the injury? Is it a torn ACL? Is it this? Is it that? I don't. It's it's a weird game that they're playing in Los Angeles right now. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I would like to know what's going on with Kawhi. Real quick too, shout out Mike Breen because in the last game, big shot gets hit for the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard sitting there stone face, and Mike Breen goes, "And Kawhi Leonard going crazy." You know, as the fans are going crazy, Kawhi's doing nothing. I thought it was a fantastic moment for Mike Breen. The irony is hilarious. I love Mike Breen. But uh, man, I'll tell you my respect for Paul George. That's, that's what, you know, has really changed in this series. Paul George has been phenomenal, you know, in game five, in a must win game, you're down three, one, it's an elimination game. You, you put up 41 points 
on 15 of 20 shooting, 75% from the field. Doesn't matter what the situation is. That is unbelievable. 13 rebounds, six assists, three steals. You know, it kind of felt like the Clippers were up 10, 12 this whole game. I know the Suns cut it down a few times, but Paul George had control of this game. He was playing unbelievable on both ends. Both teams were looking kind of tired, but Paul George, I mean, the playoff P nickname that he gave himself, I'm down with it now. I'm never in on self-anointed nicknames, but playoff P, man, if you go and put up 41-13-6 on 15 of 20 shooting, you can you can call yourself whatever you want. Must win game. He showed up. You, As Joe said last week on the pod, you can win a championship with Paul George as your second best player. You absolutely can. I would love to see Kawhi come back. I, you know, I just have this feeling he's not going to, but the way this, this team has stepped up with Reggie Jackson, with Terrence Mann, it's, it's been awesome. And I will say too, Ty Lue, you know, everyone thought that he was just a LeBron guy. Ty Lue has proven to be a phenomenal head coach. I hope that he's with the Clippers for a long time. Ty Lue is now 10 and two coaching in elimination games, 10 and two. That is remarkably impressive. Five out of six elimination games you win, 85%. I'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sundays. I'm all here for it. Um, And moving on over to the Suns team. I'm amazed by the Suns team. I really am. CP, the point guard, Devin Booker, they're doing their thing. The role players fill in so well, and they work so well together. Another fantastic coach, Imani Williams, on the other side, you know, on the other bench. But I will say DeAndre DeAndre Ayton did not have a great game in game five. And I, that was part of the reason that the Clippers could win that game. And I will say, Aiton, you need to come out and dominate game six. You need to come out and dominate because guess what? Serge Ibaka hasn't played in this series. And Zubak, who is super consistent, old, reliable, never misses a game, sprained MCL out of game six. So DeAndre, they don't have their center. And they don't have their backup center. You need to go out. This needs to be... This needs to be the career-defining game for DeAndre Eaton. CP is going to do his thing. D-Book's going to do his thing. Bridges is going to hit some shots. Sarich is going to run around. But, man, DeAndre Eaton, I need 30, 35 points. I need 15 rebounds. You know, I might even need more than 15 rebounds. I might need what you were doing in that first round of the playoffs, man. You know, and this, this has to be that career game for DeAndre Eaton. And this is game six. You know, so the Suns have two more chances to win it. I think the Suns are going through. I don't, it's, it's so hard to come back from 3-1. It's been more and more, you know, accessible these last couple of years. You see teams like the Nuggets do it against the Clippers. You see, obviously, LeBron's historic run. But 3-1, you know, it, it doesn't seem as insurmountable as it always has. But at the end of the day, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that the Clippers can get this done without Kawhi Leonard. I think the Suns team, you know, after 8-0 in the bubble, after getting a two seed, no one giving them any respect, we literally said on this podcast, they're a dark horse. How do you say a dark horse is the number two seed? You know, they've just been disrespected over and over again. I think they're getting to the finals. Um, they've, They've been a lot of fun. And I mean, who's not rooting for them? Who's not rooting for CP, the point guard, to get a championship at this point in his career? And I know I said it last week too, but I think that would catapult him into maybe top three. No, no, not top three, but top five, six conversation for point guards all time. I, I think that he's absolutely up there. Um, and now moving on real quick, out of the out of the two series here, I've picked the Bucks and I've picked the Suns. I think that's going to be an awesome finals matchup. I think it's going to, I think it's a hell of a matchup, but I said it a few weeks ago on this podcast with Pat. If that was to happen, I, I don't think the Suns can win. 
I think that this Bucks team is just built to win. I think that they are built to last. And they have been so much healthier than every team in the league. They're kind of just missing Dante DiVincenzo. They missed Pat Connaughton for like five minutes when he got his, you know, eyebrow cut open or whatever that was. But I, the, the thing is, who guards Giannis? You don't even, you, don't, you have no one that you can throw at Giannis. What are you going to do? DeAndre Ayton? No, you can't do that. Dario Saric? Not a chance. Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges? Or then who do you put on Chris Middleton? I think that Giannis is a walking 32 and 15 in that series in the finals. Um, and I don't think there's anything you can do to stop it. And I will say too, I love the idea of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton guarding CP and D book. You think about size and length versus those two players. CP's what six foot six, one, maybe, maybe, you know, with the right pair of shoes on drew Holiday's six, four, got the wingspan. One of the best defenders in the league, all defensive as always. And then on D book, I'm, I'm looking at Chris Middleton to step up on defense. Chris Middleton's a very solid defender. He's long. He's six, eight D books, probably six, five, six, six. And again, I, I just think that that defensive versatility is, is going to work magic against this team. And, you know, unfortunately I love, I love this Suns team. I love what they're doing, but I don't think they have enough to beat the bucks. If the, if both teams get there, of course, there's a lot of basketball left to play before we get to that point of being, you know, I'm just looking in the future at this point, but I think that it could be a very fun matchup. And, you know, I said it last week as well. I know I keep saying that over and over. I said this last week, but this NBA postseason has been phenomenal as a neutral basketball fan. Of course, I'm not neutral. I'm a Celtics fan, but for all these teams, I don't care who wins. This has been so much fun to watch. The games have been crazy. Like we talked about Trey young, 48, Paul George, 41 D book in the forties, man, with no CP. It's been so much fun to watch. The league is in good hands with some of these young stars. And I'm excited for whatever the finals matchup is. Selfishly, I definitely hope it's Bucks Suns. Moving on, we talked about Team USA a little bit last week, um, you know, Joe and I. But I, so Harden's no longer on this roster. And Zach Levine was added in this place. And then Jeremy Grant was the last addition. We were talking about them needing a big. I guess Jeremy Grant's that, that answer, even though he's a four, kind of, kind of a three, too. But Dame, Drew, Beal, Booker, Levine, Middleton, Tatum, Durant, Draymond, Jeremy Grant, Caleb, and Bam. You know, we're looking for a fourth consecutive gold. They have put together three, you know, gold uh, medal performances in the last three Olympics. We're looking for a fourth. I think that this team is good enough to do it. I'm excited to see some of these guys show out on the international stage. And I'm excited for Tatum to do, you know, just, just a little bit of recruiting, you know, whether it's Dame, whether it's Bradley Beal, whether it's Zach Levine. I'm uh, I'm looking I'm looking for Tatum to work some magic here. I'm I'm also looking for Jason to uh, kind of cement and you know a international legacy, which I think would be really really cool. He's already a young star in Boston. He's locked up for the next five seasons, so we're keeping him here, which is wonderful. But I'm I'm looking for him to kind of cement himself on the international stage as well, and I think that he has the perfect opportunity to do that. I believe he wears 34 when he plays for the U.S. team. So shout out Paul Pierce and uh, whatever he's up to right now, rocking that number 34. Last bit of basketball here, um, which I'm very excited about. Obviously, as a Celtics fan, there's been a lot of news these past couple of weeks. We got the we got the Danny Ainge um, retirement. We got Brad moving to the front office. We got the Kemba for Al Horford trade, Brad's first move. And now we got Ime Odoka. I'm probably going to say it wrong a million times, but Ime Odoka hired as Boston's 18th head coach. There's no coincidence that we're looking for Banner 18, and this man's going to be the one that brings it to us. 
I'm so excited about this signing. Uh, you know, we needed a change. We needed a guy that can get into players that can have control over the locker room. And Brad, he lost the locker room in the last couple of years. Now you bring in a 12 year professional basketball player in Udoka who played six years in the pros. This man coached under Greg Popovich for seven years before moving to become, you know, higher up assistant coaches with both of the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Defense is a specialty, which I love. That's what we need. But he's also an offensive coach. And one thing, you know, listening to some of the bits from his presser were awesome. He's sitting next to Brad Stevens and they're talking about what are you going to do with this team, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you know, um, sorry, Brad, you're sitting right here, but this team was 27th in assists last year. We need to move the ball more. We need to play more team basketball. And that's what we need. We need a guy that is going to, you know, find those pillars on both offense and defense and stick to them. You know, he talked about how he would get into players. Like he, he's one of the guys that got into Kawhi Leonard and really told him, go take over. What are you waiting for? Your time is now. And he said, that's what I'm doing with Jalen and Jason. Sky's the limit with these two. And, you know, the fact that he's coming in with that attitude, the fact he said, this is by far the most desirable coaching opening. And of course he, he's going to say that he took the job, right? But it really was, you have two young stars, you have a good solid roster. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for what he can do with this team. You know, people have laughed at me for saying this too, but one one thing I think people are overlooking. My man's six seven. I like I like a former player that can look his players in the eye. You look at Brad Stevens. You know, look looking up at Jason Tatum, looking up at Jalen Brown. Man, he's gonna stare you in the eye, tell you what you're doing wrong, and try to push you to new levels, which I am super excited about. Now, of course, I, I gotta mention Jay Williams. I, I got Jay Williams. You know, posts that. Boston has hired their first black coach in the history of the Boston Celtics. So, you know, like Casey Jones, Bill Russell, um, ML Carr, Doc Rivers, Tom Sanders, like these, like these men don't exist. Um, pretty bad flub up from, uh, from Jay Williams. Cause now Boston has had the most black coaches in the history of the NBA. So <laughs> pretty bad from Jay Williams. He said he got hacked. It was just a bad mistake. I wish he would own it, but, uh, yeah, man, Ime Adoka, super excited about this signing. I, I, you know, I didn't know a lot about him beforehand, but it's it seems like all the right pieces are falling into place. And coach number 18, banner number 18, let's hope there's something there. Oh, another point, too, that I forgot to mention. Ime coached Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart on uh, the 2019 FIBA basketball roster. So there is a relationship there. He already knows these guys. He's coached them before. He already has the respect of your three most important players. You could argue, well, Rob could be more impactful than, you know, Marcus Smart. Three best players on this team, most impactful right now, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Already have a relationship with this guy. I think it's dope. I think it's important. And uh, speaking of Jalen Brown doing dope and important things, hanging out with Barack Obama over the weekend, you know, <laughs> uh, Jalen's doing it all. He, he really is. And uh, got to love Jalen Brown. Got to love the Celtics and what they're doing. Brad is hitting shot after shot after shot in this postseason. Let's keep it going. Let's let's hope we continue to add some new pieces to that coaching staff. Tough to see Jerome Allen go, but uh, we got some good pieces on there, man. Moving on, people, let's get into some soccer, a little extra time. We just got to talk a little bit about the Euros. And as I'm saying this, Sweden and Ukraine are playing right now. And I think they're an extra time. So I just I just got to check. 
Ooh, 121st minute. Sweden's on a red card. Ukraine's got the advantage. So we'll save that matchup for last. Hopefully those penalties are over by the end of this recording so I can give some uh, more predictions. But going to run through some of these games real quick. So uh, Belgium-Portugal. Belgium ends up winning that game. And they're set to face the winner of uh, Italy. And, oh gosh, how do I not know that flag? It's not Switzerland. It's not Denmark. This is pretty bad. Oh, Austria. My bad, guys. I only got the flags up, you know, so I, I don't have the names. Italy beats Austria. Austria's first ever um, Euro knockout stage appearance. First time they ever made it to the final 16. So we got Belgium, Italy, which is, I mean, that is a fantastic game. When you look at the teams that are left, I'm like, man, this is kind of who I want to see playing. And I got to say, Italy has been in phenomenal form. They they beat everyone. Perfect games in uh, in the group stage. They handle Austria. Now, Belgium had a kind of a tough time with Portugal. And, they, you know, they got the early goal. But I will say, if Kevin De Bruyne is not healthy, I'm not picking Belgium. I will pick them if Kevin De Bruyne is starting in the midfield for Belgium. But, man, he went out in the 47th minute with an injury. And they subbed Dries Mertens. It's kind of weird to, you know, take out a midfielder and add a attacking forward in a game that you're winning. So it doesn't make much sense. But, uh... But if you don't have KDB, the offense is completely stalled. There was no connecting play in midfield after he went out of the game. So I don't, I don't know if this team can handle Italy, that stout defense. It's a physical midfield. I don't know if they can handle Italy if they don't have KDB, especially in the midfield. That is, that is the biggest thing. It's all the connecting play. So I'm, I'm rocking with Italy unless Kevin De Bruyne plays. If Kevin De Bruyne plays, I think Belgium wins and that might sound a little crazy that one player could do this. Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world. He's the best passer in the world. And if he's healthy and he's on, man, uh, I'm, I'm seeing some Lukaku goals. Now, France, Switzerland, this game was crazy, guys. France is down one nothing. Switzerland has a penalty chance to go up 2 nothing. Ricardo Rodriguez misses it. I don't like saying missed. You know, Hugo Lloris saved it. But France... Then it goes up 3-1. Switzerland come back, man. They score two times, both after the 80th minute. Absolutely incredible scenes. And they end up going uh, scoreless in extra time. But Switzerland win on penalties 5-4. Mbappe has Jan Sommer save the fifth penalty. And, of course, Mbappe wants that. Mbappe is a world-class player, top five player in the world probably. He wants that shot. He wants to be that last guy. And, you know, this is what happens. Wonder Boy at the World Cup, one of the top players in the world. And then in Euros, he's not doing too much. You know, it ebbs and flows. This is this is a career arc. This is what happens. All the Mbappe hate needs to stop. Kid's so young. He's going to be incredible. But, man, Switzerland, Cinderella story. Uh, hard not to root for Switzerland after that game. And Spain beats Croatia. Another crazy game. I was watching these at work with uh, two, two other coworkers, man. We were going absolutely crazy, you know, we're not actually getting to watch it, but you hear it behind you and you turn and you're like, oh my God, how did this happen? Spain beats Croatia 5-3 in an extra time game. Alvaro, Alvaro Morata, I'm sorry. I kept talking a bunch of trash about you. You score two goals. You send, you send your team through to the final eight. It's pretty impressive. Now we got Wales and Denmark. That was the first game. Denmark rocks. Oh, I didn't even go through that matchup. Hold on. Let me go back. Um, Spain, Switzerland. It's hard not to root for Switzerland. You want the underdog to win. And I mean, they're going to be flying high. The confidence that they're going to have after beating France, the 2018 World Cup winners, they're going to be flying high. I still think Spain's better. I don't trust Spain right now. I don't trust this team, especially when you're not starting Tiago in your midfield. 
I mean, come on. But I think that I think that Spain handles this. So that means I got Spain and Belgium probably in that final four, which would be a hell of a game. And now we're going to go back to that game that I had mentioned. So Denmark beats Wales for nothing to start, start uh, the round of 16. And I got to tell you, man, who's not rooting for Denmark. This is the team that I want to win it all win it for Christian Eriksen. This is so cool. And they're going to be playing the Czech Republic in uh in that final eight and the Czech Republic beat Netherlands. I mean, that kind of shocked everyone that absolutely shocked everyone. The Czech Republic are doing some pretty cool things. Patrick Schick, Thomas Suchek, they have some great, great, great players on that team. I didn't think they beat the Netherlands. Frank DeBoer out as Netherlands manager after that game. And I mean, I actually tweeted it back at Fabrizio when he tweeted out, but I'm like, man, this dude couldn't manage Atlanta United in the MLS. Why would we give him Holland? How does he get the Holland national team or the Dutch national team? This is ridiculous. It never should have happened. Um, I don't want to blame him entirely for this loss, but this 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 was not a good move by the Dutch to hire him. And I think Netherlands should be a lot better. I think they will be a lot better, especially when they get Virgil van Dijk back. They, DeLitt got a red card, so they they were playing down. But uh, there's there's better things in store for this Dutch national team. I, I think that there absolutely is. Then we got Denmark, Czech Republic. I want Denmark to win it. Who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, excited for those games for sure. Then, you know, the game of the round is absolutely England-Germany. England win it today 2-0. They beat Germany. You got, you got a goal from Raheem Sterling. You got a goal from Harry Kane. Two players that desperately needed goals. They needed to score some international goals. They had not been on Sterling one goal in his last 16 games for Manchester City to end the year. Kane has not been doing it. Um, I don't like seeing him with that captain's armband as a Liverpool fan. I want Hendo to have it. But Harry Kane gets a nice goal. Great feed from Jack Grealish. Um, Germany were playing sloppy. Timo Werner had a fantastic chance that he missed. No surprise there. That's what Timo Werner does now. And Thomas Mueller shocked, shocked by his miss. But uh, but unfortunately, England go through. And now we got to listen to all the England fans be happy about it. England is now going to be playing Ukraine. Ukraine in the 121st minute. This is like live news for me right now. In the 121st minute, they score. And uh, they beat Sweden 2-1. I like seeing Zinchenko get a goal. You love seeing a defender get a goal for Ukraine. But Ukraine go through. So now it's Ukraine versus England. I mean, England's the clear favorite there. I think that they should win that game. I think that they will win that game. And I mean, man, this, these Euros have been so much fun. This is like my first Euros as a real soccer fan. I, I like passively saw some in 2016 and like kind of kept up with it. But like, I've really dove in over the past few years, and uh, this has been so much fun to watch. I'm absolutely loving it. Hopefully, you guys are too. It's it's so, so amazing seeing these crowds, seeing 40,000, 50,000 people cheering, crying, screaming. It's just so good to have it back. The power of sports, man, the power of sports and community and how it brings people together. It is absolutely amazing. I'm so thrilled about it. Now... You know, I feel like I'm flying through the show. I told you guys it was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but now we're going to get on to some listener questions already, you know, before we get on to what we've learned and kind of wrap the show up a little bit, but we got some fun listener questions this week. So we got, we got my boy, Brett, always submit questions. I appreciate you, Brett. Why does Giannis get so much hate? Now, Brett, you know, the answer to this question It's because he's great. That's what it is. I mean, Giannis people are going to hate him because that's what Twitter does. That's what social media does. I mean, 
I think that I think that part of it is just because he he doesn't shoot, and that's what the NBA is now, and people don't like seeing people that can't shoot. But this man is a walking 38-10 and five. He is one of six players ever to lead his team in all five stats: points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks for a full season. He's one of a few players all time that have an MVP and a defensive player year. That list is Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, a David Robinson, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Which I mean, this this guy's all time great. I mean, he's he's going to be the only player other than Larry Bird to average 20, 10, and five for a career. This this guy's unbelievable. I, I I think that he's next level. I think that he's going to be an all time great. And I think when you have two MVPs, you have a defensive player of the year, and I think he's going to win a championship this year. Now you're getting into those all time conversations, you know. So I I, I think that Giannis gets so much hate just because he doesn't shoot. He's not a great dribbler, but it doesn't matter when you go out and dominate a game. People don't like seeing a skinny Shaq, man. I mean, what can't this guy do? He's phenomenal. He dominates the game inside and out, and they've built an awesome team around him. Middleton is a perfect number two. Drew is a perfect number three. P.J. Tucker was an awesome ad. I love this team, and I love what Giannis is doing. Gets a lot of hate, but I don't think he should. I'm with you, Brett. From my brother, Nick Hutchison, the book thinker himself. Will Mac Jones win 10 games? I don't know if Mac Jones is starting. So I don't know if he gets the chance to win 10 games, but I think that whoever is the quarterback wins 10 games. I think that now we have a 17 game season. I think we were seven and nine last year without a legit quarterback. Cam got COVID. It was a bad season. So many injuries, most opt outs in the league. Now we had this crazy off season where we signed everybody and their mother. I mean, Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, Matt Judon, the list goes on and on. Going to miss you, Joe Tooney, though. It's going to be tough seeing him on the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think whether it's Cam Newton that starts, I think whether it's Mac Jones that starts, I think that this team wins 10 games. Absolutely. I would love to see it be Mac. I, you know, kind of one of those, let's just dive in. Let's get the young guys in kind of guy. Probably played too much Madden. That's why I get get the young guys in. But uh, I, I think whoever starts for this team wins 10 games without a doubt. Keegan Nutt, England versus Germany. You know, whoever wins this game has a great shot at winning the Euros. I think it's just one of my opinion on there a little bit. And it's true. It's true. England has a fantastic shot. I mean, they're going to be playing the winner of the Czech Republic and Denmark. England should absolutely be favored. Again, they got to get through Ukraine first. But they should absolutely be favored. They are one of the top four teams left in here. I would say Spain, Italy, Belgium, and England are the best four left. But the other three are on the other side of the bracket. So, England should be in the championship. They they have a legit shot of winning the Euros and bringing it back home. They haven't beat Germany in an international match since like 66 or something. So this was a huge win. I think that they they believe. I think that they think that they're the Cinderella here. So yeah, no, not I'm with you, man. This They have an awesome shot at winning the Euros. And uh, it's unfortunate to see. It's unfortunate to see. I don't want to see England win. <laughs> Josie, my girl Josie, one of my best friends forever, sent in a question. She said, I, I might have already talked about this, but uh, talk about the participation trophy generation. And I'd, I'd love to hear Pat's thoughts on this. Um, I wish he was here with me. Miss you, Pat. But I'm not a fan of it. Um, I'm not a participation trophy guy. I mean, if I point this camera up right now, you know, the audio listeners won't know. Look at all those participation trophies. Those are like, those are like what, me in the sixth grade playing baseball and getting a trophy just for playing. But I don't like it. I don't think you should reward mediocrity. I can't even say it, man. That's that's a tough time to flub up on a word like that. But I'm not a fan of it at all. I think you have to. I think you have to work for your meals. And I mean, I you know, 
we, we do live in a bit of a society where you do a little bit of work and expect great results. And that's just not how it works. I watched this clip of Michael Phelps talking about how he trained 365 years a day for five straight years. He said, I didn't take a single day off for five straight years of training. And he said, guess what? That gives me 52 days more per year than all my other competitors. That's a big advantage. And guess what? Over five years, that's 250 days of extra training. So, you know, I think that you have to put the work in. I think that it's okay to lose. I think that it's a part of life. And uh, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of the participation trophy generation. Not at all, Josie, but you're a much nicer person than me. So uh, you might, you might be a bit more of a fan of it than I am. Joe Braverman, as always, let me speak. Let me speak official on IG. Go check out his podcast. Are the Yanks in trouble after being swept by Boston this weekend? Uh, How good is that to see? So right now, believe it or not, the Yankees are fourth in the AL East. The Sox are first. Love to see it. Best team in baseball. Definitely not. We can't pitch. But I think that I think the Yankees are legitimately in trouble. There's so much baseball left to play. You know, we got half the season left. But I think that I think the Yanks could be in trouble. And especially if Garrett Cole can't pitch without any stickum or spider tack or whatever he was using, sunscreen and you know, what whatever weird oils and stuff. I, you know, I think I think there's legit cause for concern, especially when you pay players the amount of money that they're paying guys when you look at stanton's contract when you look at garrett cole's contract i could go down a laundry list of guys with the yankees they're probably still paying a rod and jeter at this point but i you know i think that the yankees are in some legit trouble but again all it takes is a four game series to get right back right all it takes is rattling off six wins sweeping someone then you know splitting with someone else you know so it it, there's potential for them to get back in it, but it's not looking good. They're eight games behind the Red Sox right now, or seven and a half. Ooh, let's say it again. The Red Sox are seven and a half games clear of the New York Yankees. I don't even care that the Rays are game back on us right now. I'm just, I'm just ecstatic that the Yankees are losing. I, I need to go back and uh, find that. Did the Yankees lose page? You know, they, they tweet out every time the Yankees lose and just that clip of David Ortiz. And Yankees lose one of one of the best clips. Shout out Big Poppy, but yes, Joe, I do think that they could potentially be in some trouble. Now Ryan Adams submitted maybe the second strangest listener question we've had on twenty seven episodes of right off the bus, and I think we only started doing listener questions after like maybe seven ten episodes, something like that. First, Danny Coakley, you still have it, buddy. You still have. <laughs> Rob Will or Prime Stephen Hawking. Still don't know what that means. Still got to get you on the pod to talk about it. But Ryan Adams asks, who wins? A lineup of two foot tall LeBrons, which I would assume is five of them. LeBron's a basketball player. Five Le- two foot tall LeBrons or a single eight foot tall LeBron? I think, I think it's the eight foot tall LeBron. I mean, I guess that the two foot tall LeBrons would still have an unbelievable passing ability and i think they'd still be able to shoot and get up the court but can you stop lebron an eight foot tall lebron from scoring every time i don't think so i think i'd rock with the eight foot tall lebron if we shrink it down to maybe like a six foot tall i don't know this uh, this is one we're gonna have to bring this up next week with pat gotta get his perspective on this one oh man all right so you know, I feel like I'm kind of flying through the show, guys. You know, I don't know how long it's been, but uh, like I said, it's going to be a bit of a shorter show. So as we keep on moving, you know, we're going to wrap up the show and uh, I'm going to I'm going to read this little ad from Book Thinkers, as we always do before we get into what we've learned. And unfortunately, this week, it's just what I've learned. There's no we here. Should have got a co-host, but felt like Pat did a solo episode, felt like I had to do a solo episode, you know, so as always. 
if you read personal development books, you got to go check out Book Thinkers. This company is helping you. Excuse me, little uh, little little cough there. This company is dedicated to helping you fulfill your life through books every single day. On Instagram, they post every single day. Every week on their podcast, they have a top author in the space of nonfiction and personal development. And this team over at Book Thinkers, they're trying to help you discover new books and new mentors that can help you achieve more and live better. And as you guys know, the right book can absolutely change your life if you read at the right time. So please head on over to Instagram, type in Book Thinkers, go to bookthinkers.com, search Book Thinkers Life-Changing Podcast on any of your podcast platforms. Please check them out. This team's working so hard and they have a great, great message and great cause. So shout out Book Thinkers. Now we're going to get on to what I've learned. Still doesn't sound right. It's been 27 weeks of, or 26 weeks of what we've learned, but I just wanted to share a story that I didn't know about till, uh, you know, I'm listening to the Rich Roll podcast. So Rich Roll, one of my favorite podcasts, ultra endurance athlete, uh, triathlons, ultra marathons has one of the best podcasts out there about health, fitness, all this stuff has really interesting people on all the time. He has Mary Kane on Mary Kane was the fastest girl in the United States at a point. She was on her way to Olympic stardom, like breaking world records when she's like 16, doing some really, really amazing stuff. And when she was 17, she moved to Oregon and went to the Nike Pro facility um, and started working with all the top people in the space. Alberto Salazar is running this program, marathon winner, like a 216 marathon guy, craziness. And uh, she just got absolutely emotionally and physically abused there. She was 120 pounds. She's 17. She's 120 pounds. And she's being told she has to cut weight, that she has to get down to 130 pounds, that she doesn't look athletic. She's the fastest girl in the world. She's qualifying for everything. She's dominating her space. And they're shaming her. They're not caring about her mental health. They only care about her splits and the number on the scale. And I mean, I can't even imagine the damage that that could do to a 17-year-old, regardless of the fact she's a girl. You have in some of the top people in their space telling you, no, no, you need to cut weight. You can't do this. You can't do this. She was harming herself. She was cutting herself. She was hitting herself. And they told her, oh, we're, we're tired. We can't deal with this right now. Stop, like grow up, be a professional, you know, and just gave her absolutely no support. And it was just a scary story to learn about. And, uh, you know, I, you know, sorry to end the show on a bad note, but I mean, for what I've learned this week, it's just, we need to be more aware of mental health and sports. And I mean, when you have a 17 year old girl competing at the highest, highest place that she possibly could, and you have just all these horrible people telling her these horrible things, not caring about her health, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, couldn't care less about any of them, just the number that's on the scale and her race times. It's, it's scary. You know, you hope that things continue to change, but, uh, I haven't finished the full podcast, but fantastic podcast. Check out Mary Kane. Type in Mary Kane, New York Times um, interview or article. She puts out a seven-minute video explaining it. It's really powerful, really passionate. And uh, that's what I've learned this week, that we just need to continue to monitor mental health and sports because uh, stories like this are not few and far between. They happen all the time, unfortunately, and uh, it is scary. It absolutely is scary. Now, unfortunately, we ended the show on kind of a sour note there, but uh, I think it is important to talk about. As always, guys, thank you for listening. I know this was a short episode and maybe we'll get a couple more listens because people don't want to listen to Pat and I jab for uh, 20 or, uh, you know, for an hour and a half. But uh, it is it is so much fun doing this. I hope you guys enjoyed the solo episode. I hope that it went all right. I know I had a few gaps here and there, but I don't think anyone minds, you know, a little more authentic that way. But 
just thank you for all the support guys i posted a clip about it today on our socials but uh we do really appreciate all the support we don't have a crazy number of, of followers we don't have a crazy number of listens we don't have anything like that going on but uh those who listen enjoy it they uh, they like the show we really love and appreciate you guys submitting questions commenting on our posts liking them sharing them all this stuff it's been such a gratifying experience and as I always say, we do not take your attention for granted one bit. We know that it's not easy to get into that podcast rotation and it's not easy to, you know, take an hour out of your week, an hour and a half out of your week to spend with us. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoy this podcast as much as we do. We appreciate you so much. We don't take your time for granted. Thank you for all the love and support. And uh, that's wrapping up episode number 27. Next week, we're going to have Pat back and we have a couple guests lined up, which is awesome. You know, we've been slacking on it, but we're bringing some really interesting people on in the next few weeks. Got a couple authors to talk to. So, uh, you know, get get ready, guys. Get ready. It's going to be fun. Um, and yeah, I'm going to wrap it up because I'm just going to I'm just going to continue going and continue to say thanks. So thanks again, guys. We really love and appreciate it. That's the show. Episode 27. Peace.